Welcome to the Nach Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we will learn and discuss the second chapter of Sefer Yehoshua. There, Yehoshua sends two spies to the city of Yericho, which will be the first stop along the way in the Jewish people's conquest of the land of Canaan. The spies go to the city of Yericho and immediately take refuge in the home of Rachav, who we are told is an Isha Zona. She is a harlot. More on that in a little bit. Apparently, when the spies were getting to her home within the city of Yericho, they were also spotted. And so right away, the king sends soldiers to the house of Rachav. The soldiers arrive, and they, uh, they ask if there were men that came to her home. And Rachav turns out to be a great heroine. She tells the people, yes, they were here, but they also left, and they went that way. So she tells kind of the perfect lie because it both recognizes, it both acknowledges, I'll say, the, uh, the the truth of their claim. Yes, the men did come here, but they also subsequently left. And then she really sells it by saying they went that way and, and you know, go and get them, go and capture them quickly. So she really sells them that she's on their side, which is a, a big surprise. If this is the first time you're reading this story, or when, when it is a person's first time reading the story, not knowing that, that Rachel turns out to be a heroine, that's a surprising thing that this person who is supposed to be the lowest rung of society on the margins of uh, an otherwise uh, immoral society, uh, turns out that she's the great heroine, that's a, that's a big surprise. And then we get to hear why that is. Why is it that she has sided with these spies? Quite surprisingly, it's because she tells the spies that her people have been watching as the story of the Jewish people has unfolded. They have seen all that Hashem has done for the Jewish people, the splitting of the Yamsuf, the wars in the Transjordan with Sichon and Og. And she has come to the conclusion, Ki Hashem Elokechem, Hu Elokim She acknowledges, she has come to the conclusion that Hashem, the Jewish, uh, the, the Lord of the Jewish people, is in fact the correct, omnipotent God. And uh, now she wants to partner with the Jewish people and to partner uh, and to and to connect her fate with the fate of the Jewish people. That's Rachav's story. And so they make a promise, they make a deal, Rachav is going to give them shelter and Rachav is going to enable them to escape the city and in return she'll hang a red string from her window which will indicate to the invading Jewish army that her and her family are to be saved. And so it is the famous deal struck up between the Jewish people and Rachav. The spies are able to escape and they're able to then eventually bring back this wonderful report to Yehoshua and tell him that uh, this is the sentiment, this is what the people of Yericho are feeling. And obviously when the people are disheartened in this way, it makes them much more susceptible to being captured. So this was a wonderful report to bring back to Yehoshua. I'd like to focus on two components of this parak, which I think are fascinating. The first is the very notion that Yehoshua would send spies. As we discussed in yesterday's podcast, Sefer Yehoshua is very much in conversation with the five books of the Torah, with Torah's Moshe. And when we see Yehoshua sending spies, that sends up a red, a red flag that shoots out flares uh, to us because we know that, that Moshe also tried that. In fact, Yehoshua was one of the, the 12 spies that Moshe sent. And we know that that did not turn out very well. And so when we see Yehoshua now sending spies, we have to ask ourselves, does Yehoshua do something that makes this different, that makes this safer, that reflects having learned the lessons from what was obviously the great mistake of sending the spies 
uh, at the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu, under the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu. And I think if we look at the first Pasuk, we will right away recognize that that is patently the case, that Yehoshua has learned the lesson. How so? Well, firstly, he sends Shnayim Anashim, two men. So two as opposed to twelve already tells us that this isn't going to be this this very public display that the 12 men that were sent last time were the heads of their tribes. It was a, a very public, a lot of pomp and circumstance. The whole nation gathered round as they all returned to hear the report one way or the other. That's not going to be the case here. Yoshua is going to send two men. Furthermore, we're not told who these men are. And though Chazal, the rabbis, have an idea and, and suggest who these people may have been, uh, the shot of the Pasuk is that he sends two people that were anonymous, that were that were not uh, big public figures, also reflecting a, a turn away from the plan that Moshe executed years prior. And finally, we're told that he sends them cheresh, secretly. And there's a machlokas in the Rishonim, uh, among the Mepharshim, what that means, secret vis-a-vis whom. Some say that it's secret, it was a secret mission, they were spies, so, so this, the mission was secret vis-a-vis um, the city of Yericho. But in my approximation, at least, my humble opinion, if they're Meraglim, if they're spies, that means that they're automatically going to be secret. And so what does Cheresh, Cheresh add? It means that they were secret vis-a-vis the Jewish people. And that's what others, such as the Radak, claim. And that is that this, the whole operation was not um, done in the public eye. It wasn't something that, that the Jewish people even knew was, was happening. And that also obviously reflects the same idea, that Yahushua wasn't going to make a whole public display of this. And so let's say the men came back and they found that the people of Yericho were mightily armed and thoroughly ready to take on the Jewish people, and it was a, 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 what could have been a disheartening report. Yehoshua would have internalized information, figured out what to do with it, and made a plan. But he wasn't going to put this into the public sphere for another catastrophe to unfold, as it had years prior when he himself was among the group of spies who came back. Interestingly, of those spies who went, two came back with a good report, Yoshua and Khalif. And so this time, he's just sending two. Two men are going to go. Two came back with a good report last time. That seems to be the right number. So we'll just send two men this time as well. So that's point number one, which is thinking about how this relates and contrasts to the previous mission that we've seen uh, of Moshe sending spies. How does Yoshua learn and grow from that experience? And I think we see very clearly the markings of that kind of growth and, and learning from those mistakes. Now let's pivot to Rachav. Rachav, as I said, is described as a zona. She is described as a harlot, as a prostitute. Now some of the Mepharshim bristle at the idea that Rachav could be a harlot. Rashi, for example, quotes the Targum Yonasan, who tries to make a linguistic ar- argument that the word zona in this context is actually related to the word Mazon, mizonot, food, sustenance, and that in fact she is an innkeeper. She she has a bed and breakfast, and that's why they went to this place. And perhaps the shot argument that goes along with what obviously feels like a, a something of a polemical argument or a, or a ideologically motivated argument um, would be to say that well the Torah really treats Rachav in such a positive and uh, it puts, paints Rachav in a positive light. And so it doesn't seem to make sense to think that the Torah would 
place a Zona on such a pedestal that it would uh, handle her character so unjudgmentally and even so positively. And so it must be that we're misunderstanding what it means that she is an Isha Zona. But I think that the Pshat approach is, uh, is very compelling for a few different reasons. And that is to say that, in fact, she is a harlot, that she is a prostitute. Firstly, in a very pragmatic sense, it would make a lot of sense for spies to go and take shelter in the home of a harlot because it's a place where people from other lands, from other cities, from nearby villages might come <clears throat> and may want to be there and preserve their anonymity. So that just kind of works in terms of a strategic landing place for spies. It's also a pretty good place to hear about, you know, what, what are the rumors, what's the sentiment, what's the word on the street. It's a great, it's a place that kind of trades in gossip. And so it kind of works on a very pragmatic level. But on a literary level, I think that there are two different, very rich and, and very different readings that emerge when we recognize or if we follow to its logical end what it means that she is a zona. Because a, a zona, a prostitute, is characterized by a, a, a woman who is disloyal, right? If a woman, if a married woman is mizana, that means she's being disloyal to her husband. And so a zona is a woman who is kind of professionally disloyal. She's not loyal to any one man. And here we have Rachav, who is encountered by the Jewish people and immediately is disloyal to her own people. She's disloyal to the people of her city. And so by being disloyal to the people of Yericho, it's almost as if her profession and, and that which we know about her um, is, is, is brought to bear. Everything kind of clicks and works uh, if you think about it in that sense. However, I will say that that's a distinctly negative way of thinking about Rachav. It's to, to see her as a traitor. And Chazal take a very positive role, a uh, very positive stance, rather, on, on Rachav and who her descendants would become, and that they assume that her uh, description of Hashem as being the true God is one that is, is said genuinely and, and, is, and is a person who genuinely is coming to, uh, to the Jewish people. And so that's definitely not the approach uh, of Chazal, and I would say it's 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 not the most charitable read. It's it's a particularly uncharitable read of Rachav, but I think it's a really fascinating confluence of her, her profession and the role that she plays here. She's a heroine vis-a-vis -vis the Jewish people, but she is a traitor vis-a-vis Yericho. So that I give that to you as something to consider. The other way to think about it, which I also think is a very appealing reading here, is that Rachav is able to see that the Jewish people are the winning team. They're, she's able to see that Hashem is with the Jewish people, and she is inspired to uh, join with the Jewish people. And I think that there's a kind of moral argument that is made by Rachav here, and that is that even Rachav, even a harlot, had the clarity to say, Hashem is on the side of the Jewish people, I am going to participate uh, in their destiny, I am going to join up with these people. And if even a harlot could have that kind of clarity, then it's almost uh, saying that anybody who doesn't, anybody who continues to fight the Jewish people, is only doing so out of a kind of willful ignorance. And therefore, if the other people, the other people of Yericho, the other people of Ai, the other people of all the other cities and locations in Canaan who will fight the Jewish people ultimately, if they don't have that kind of clarity, it's only because they have decided, they have chosen to be willfully ignorant and are deserving, therefore, and this is the critical piece, deserving of the fate that they ultimately are dealt. And so I think the fact that Rachel, the very first person in Canaan that we encounter 
in Sefer Yehoshua, the fact that she has this clarity, and she is a person who theoretically is on the lowest rung of the moral totem pole, the, 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 the fringes of society, if even she could have this clarity, so we can extrapolate out uh, about everybody else's uh, kind of uh, moral uh, guilt, um, and therefore, ultimately, their, their worthiness for the fate that is, that is dealt to them at the hands of the Jewish people. That's it for today. Chazak v'ematz, and happy learning.